Good morning. Oh, my goodness. Before I get started, let me point out something on my right and my left. But before you look to my right and to my left, let me have you look immediately above me. Those are what we hold to as our values here at Concord Bible Church. Those are, I mean, I probably should define values, right? That uh, we value the Lord first and foremost. We value our salvation. We value scripture. We value prayer. We value worship. We value community. These values have everything to do with synthesizing all of that. And the very first thing we start with, if you are English, you start reading left to right, what would be the first thing we're talking about up there? So have we already exalted the Lord this morning? Wow. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Not a rhetorical question, but I appreciate you really thinking through that. Yes. Uh, so what's the second one up there? Nice. Equip. And that's why I'm here, Jordan. I'm here to help equip you to understand the scriptures that God's given to us. What's the next one? Evangelize. Evangelize. He's holding up his hand now. We got a charismatic in the third row. Well done, brother. Evangelize. So what that means is that there is a message that is healthy, that is good, that is revitalizing. It is for salvation. It moves us from darkness into light. Amen? And so this is one of the biggest purposes that the Lord has given to us, his church. What's the next one? You're going to have to be quicker. He's on it. He's on it. Edify. And so how many of you are edified by the youngest person in the room and the not so youngest person in the room competing for these answers? That's fantastic. Uh, what is the last one? Engage. You are very engaged, Jordan. It's fantastic how engaged you guys are. So, uh, and thank you so much for social distancing and being mindful of all that. And, and thank you for braving. We know that you have other choices when it comes to worship. Sounds like a, uh, sounds like a PSA on your, on your Southwest Airlines flight, right? Um, so look, this is the process. This is how we know what to do, what not to do. And so one of the things that we're going to do this morning is in, you are going to engage. You are going to be the result of the message today. So up here on my right and on my left are what I am calling instead boards. Have you ever seen what an instead board is? I'm going to guess no because I just made it up. So unless you have the gift of prophecy, you're wondering what is an instead board? Well, here's what I want you to do. We're going to practice this with, with, you know, being mindful of health issues. So what I'd like you to do right now for those that, that you need a reset in 2020. <laughs> and, and I'm just going to say this because it's probably not going to make it into the sermon. Let me just help you right now. You're, you're not going to, this is going to so distract you. This is so going to distract you. Um, uh, you ready? I've heard so many people say, I can't wait till 2021. What makes you think it's going to be any better in 2021? We should be saying, I can't wait till what? Amen. Or the synonym for that is heaven until I go to him. 
So, I, sorry to burst your 2021 bubble, <laughs> but this morning, we're going to give you an opportunity to do some healing. The message today is healing from 2020 and 2021 and 20. So, if you have something that you want to just articulate, this is going to be a great process. I want those who want to engage with this this morning. You don't know where we're going yet. But if you have something that has just weighed on you heavily this year, or maybe you have multiple things that have weighed on you heavily this year, I'm going to give you just two minutes to come forward, space, distance, and you can grab a board and a pen so that, you know, nobody's sharing pens, but you grab a board and a pen, and at the front side of my message right now, because I, I don't have time to wait for you all, at the front side of my message, you're going to write really big, really large, because we're going to show it on, on, uh, on screen. And you don't have to come up and show your face. If you want to, you can at the end when we engage, or you can just drop them in the front and I'll pick the, them up. But if you have something that's been just weighing on you and you want some healing from that in 2020, can I just encourage you, come up now, grab a board and grab a pen. I'm going to give you the next two minutes to do that while I'm getting situated. So I want to share with you this morning that I, I have been excited about what God is doing in, through, and around our church. You get to hear at the end of this message today a tremendous application of this. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Luke 12. We're going to be in verses 22 through 34 uh, this morning. And I'm going to ask, in doing so, would you please prepare your heart, soul, and mind for what Christ said and was recorded by his disciple John in John 16. Perfect. Well, no, you have to hang on to it because you're going to write something again. So go grab your pen. Hold on to your pen. You get to keep the pen. It's like a bank around here. Um, you may need, where, where was I? What was I saying? Yeah, nobody's listening. It's 2020. <laughs> Somebody online texted me what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, so uh, in Luke, John, though, is where I want us to start. The, Jesus reveals to the disciples that he's leaving, and they're brokenhearted. Maybe that's what you need healing from. Maybe somebody in your life has left you this year. Maybe it's through death. Maybe it's through rejection. Um, maybe it's through circumstances beyond your control. Maybe somebody's left you. And so if that is what you need healing from, you can really relate to what Jesus is saying to the disciples. What he heard from the disciples what he was sensitive to with the disciples. And so he says to them, look, I'm leaving. I understand your sorrow. I understand your hurt. Here's what I want to do. I want to give you a gift. Does anybody know what that gift was that he gave? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Right? John 14, John 15, John 16... He says, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back for a while. But I'm giving you one that will comfort your hearts, that will 
hear your, your cries, that will know the depth of your sorrows. And towards the end of this, in chapter 16, he says, in this world you will face many what? Tribulations or trials. But he says, do not fear, for I have overcome the what? This is where we start. Today we start the message with the end of the passage. So let's go to Luke, Luke 12. And I want you to be mindful of this. And we can go ahead and throw up the four or five points that we have, the 18 points we have today. Did I scare you yet? Hey, kids, if you have any questions, raise your hand, okay? If you guys have any questions, um, if you want to just pause and, and uh, we can answer a question for you, I'd love to do that. Um, so in Luke chapter 12, <clears throat> you're going to hear some familiarity with where we've been, okay? And when we look at the process of what's happened over 2020 and the challenges and the hurts and the wounds, it may not just be 2020, correct? It may not just be 2020. We may be carrying around so much anxiety that we have, we have an IV drip of Prozac going. Can, can I just encourage you? That steals life away from you. Sure, you cope, but it steals life away from you. And as one who's talked with many individuals who go through massive issues with anxiety, I personally know many of those individuals that refuse to take medication because it steals life away from them. They would rather suffer with the anxiety than not be able to feel life. Now that in no way is diminishing the, the, the purposefulness or the need for, for particular medications. Please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. My point being is that the Lord promises to give us life and life to the what? The full, but we just heard what he said. You will have many what? Tribulations and trials. He promises that he will give us fullness. We've had a lot that we haven't ever had before in 2020, correct? Boy, that's what it means to have life to the full. But we interpret life to the full as being, oh, life is just going to be great and only great. It's not what the Lord promised. So let's get into this and let's look because we need some healing, I believe. I'm going to start in verse 31. Let's look at that. Chapter 12, verse 31. And it says this, instead, stop. Now my secret is out. Now you know Oh, here's the linkage of what an instead board is for. And see, we're not going to just have a value statement to have a value statement. We're going to do these things this morning. So he starts out, Jesus himself starts out by using the word instead. What does that tell you? He's saying, I want to exchange. I want to exchange your sorrows for goodness, I want to exchange 
all these things that are burdens to you. But see, I need to get in here and I need to define it because let's look at the promise. He says what? He says, instead, seek his kingdom. His being God, the Father. Instead, seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. It's my responsibility now to help you see what these things are, okay? So now remember what your big thing is, what your big burden is. Uh, and at any point in time that you feel so led, you can come up and, and again, grab a, um, grab a board and, and grab a pen. Keep the pen. Um, guys, we got seats right up here for you. Just trying to keep the, the distancing proper here, folks. I've got to wear a lot of hats these days. So what are these things? Well, let's start with kingdom seeking. You may have picked up the, uh, the uh, sermon notes. And so I've capitalized the words that you're supposed to fill in. And so he says, look, instead of, and we'll get to that, instead of this, he says, seek God's kingdom and then all of these things will be added to you. Jesus gives you a promise. Has 2020 been too hard? Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? You know what? As a believer in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter. Right? It doesn't matter. Because I serve the one, I, li I live in the hands and the grace and the mercy of the one who has what? Overcome all of this. But I have to engage with that. These are daily choices. We have our rhythms. Why? Why do we have our rhythms? Do you realize that most of us were upset when Starbucks had to close for two weeks at the beginning of COVID? Or, or maybe your gym closed down and you were really upset. Maybe you couldn't go to the movies. Maybe you could. We have these rhythms that we've set into our life. And when those rhythms get broken up, we find out what's important to us, don't we? Christ says this. Do you want to be healed from what I'm about to show you Christ talks about? You see, he understands you in your greatest depths. He doesn't just give you the promise that I've overcome the world. You'll face many tribulations, but I've overcome the world. He is going to take these burdens from you. And instead of living this way, you can have the freedom to live this way because of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. But we've got to look at it. We've got to look at specifically what he says. So what is he saying? What do we do with these rhythms? And, and, and as we examine these rhythms that maybe they upset us because they're no longer permissible in our lives, right? Lyndon here absolutely enjoys time with Ron. But Lyndon's not allowed to sit next to Ron. And Ron's thinking, I'm heartbroken. I wish I could be sitting next to Lyndon. And, and all you people that are out there in TV land, you're heartbroken because you can't be in this room. And, and you know, we've got this separation thing. And then you think about us and all these other churches. And separation after separation of people. How many of you have lost a friend that's moved out of state? It's happening to churches all over the place. 
But we talked about that a little bit last week, that God's will, his kingdom, sometimes he has to get in and break the church up because we become so glued on to each other, we're not fulfilling what he's asked of us. So sometimes, maybe he'll even use a pandemic to move us into places where we need to be. How many of you have been born, bred, grown up, and, and your whole life here in Concord, California? Right? If any Egyptian raises their hand, I'm, I'm going to actually, Marianne, you know. Right? But Philip and Magda came from a few hundred yards away. 35, 40 years ago. How many of you are grateful and thankful that God moved them here? All right. In Egypt, let's go. Alexandrians, raise your hands. Let's go. Do you know this church? We would not be sitting here if it wasn't for God working through this couple. This church had to make a decision whether to stay open and close, and everybody voted to close except this man right here. If God had not moved people to certain places, we would not have the benefit. There are some really sorry lost souls in Sacramento that require the Johnsons to move there. I wish Sacramento would get their act together so you guys could stay here, please. Sacktown, grow up spiritually. There's a reason. Kingdom choices are there for us to understand God's righteousness. Kingdom choice is to think of the future. A kingdom choice is to think of others and not oneself. A kingdom choice allows a dependency on the Lord, not oneself. So when Jesus says the answer to this is to seek his kingdom, what does that mean? Let me go over those things again. And by the way, this is not a comprehensive list. This is just a portion. A kingdom choice is to understand God. That is a lifelong pursuit. We should never grow weary of doing that. We should never assume that that's just at our fingertips. We should relish every opportunity to seek God and to understand God in a deeper and more relevant way. That's why it's so desperately important that we engage with what he's given us. Amen. To know the truth is one thing. To live in the truth is a completely different thing. Amen? Amen. A kingdom choice is to think of the future. Right? We are so bred to think about 2021. I want Jesus to come back now. Because I'm struggling with the end of this sermon. I'm a little shaky with that. And if he could just come back by second point, that would be really good. But I was listening to somebody on the radio today talk about this point. And it's like, you know, I, I'm almost there. And this is a pastor. I'm all, but I still really like this place. I really like this earth. I'm like, are you cracked? Are you nuts? Oh, pastor, how can you say that? Don't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I do, and I love Jesus, but I don't want to fall in love with this place. Amen. It's broken. It's ugly. It's insidious. It's violent. A kingdom choice is to think about the future. Amen? Amen. A kingdom choice is to think of others and not oneself. We have so many opportunities. You're going to hear how this is lived out. You are getting 
just a beautiful illustration at the end of today that's going to help you. It is the instead. It is this. It is this. It is that. It is this. Kingdom thinking and pursuing God is to follow in the footsteps of Christ who not, considered not himself, but followed in the will of the Father and humbled himself as a servant for you and for me. Right? Start with the basic or primary choice of this. Do you trust God enough to choose him daily? If you're going, if the answer that Jesus gives you for the instead, the exchange of your sorrows for what he promises you, if the answer to that is to seek his kingdom, then the number one challenge I have to doing that and the number one challenge you have to doing that is trust. Is trust. Number two, consider, consider. Jesus is giving a challenge here to consider something. Verses 22 through 24, consider a proven health plan. God's provision is no joke. Let's look at 22 through 24. And he said to the disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider, there it is. Jesus wants you to stop and think. You want to be healed from the anxiety? Whatever this tension is in your life, you want to be healed? Jesus says you have to stop and you have to think. You have to consider. You have to, as it said Mary when, he, when she heard uh, uh, the, the, the wise men Give prophecy over the baby Jesus. What did it say? That she, she really dwelt on these things in her heart. It's the same idea. It's not some passe oversight uh, grabbing of knowledge. It's not passing a test and marking C, all the above. It is to contemplate, to wrestle with for effective change. He says, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They just sit on Bailey Road and wait for a squirrel to die. Oh, wait, that's not in there. They have neither storehouses nor barn, and yet God feeds them. I say that every time I run over a squirrel. Oh, God, way to feed the ravens. Of how much more value are you than the birds? I mean, I know we love animals. I know we love birds. I know Philip really loves birds. But which one of us is going to exchange our child for a bird? How do we not have that same estimation of our Father in heaven? That no matter what anxiety or tribulation we're holding on to from this year, whatever it is you wrote on the back of that card, that he doesn't know, he doesn't absorb, he hasn't felt, and he doesn't command, and he isn't ready to lead you instead of being trapped and captivated by this thing to instead lead you into life to the full? If he does that for the ravens, consider what he would do for you. You know, it's that time of year for choosing your health plan. Isn't that fun? So much fun. You know, anxiety is killing you. 
Diet is killing you. Health issues are killing you. For some of you fashionistas, clothing is killing you. You know what this says? What's interesting is Christ includes don't worry about clothes. Right? You picked that up. You caught that, right? How many of you just brushed over that? Because we don't really worry about clothes. You see, that's how well provided for we are. That, that statement is odd. It's just odd. In about 15 minutes, we're going to be taking a survey on who has more shoes in their closet. No, no, we're not. I love you and I want to keep my job. <laughs> Do you need to get healthy? Then consider seeking the kingdom of God rather than being dictated and ruled over by your anxiety. Isn't it fascinating that Jesus in the, uh, on the hills of Palestine and walking through uh, Israel at the time is talking about anxiety? Probably the single greatest challenge of our society. Right? And yet nothing new is under the sun. And Jesus says, look, you're going to have difficulty and it's going to produce anxiety in you. What do you do? You know, Jesus cares about your anxiety. He cares. So consider that. Instead of instantly lighting some aromatherapy and doing yoga and breathing techniques. If you had the most powerful opportunity at your fingertips and instead you ate a ding-dong, my theology says that makes you a ding-dong. <laughs> but how often do we do that? We just forget. There is no consideration to Christ on a daily basis when it comes to our anxiety. And part of the challenge in that is because we don't know how that works. Instead, I can take something and in 20 minutes to 30 minutes, I can dull out. That's not what Christ promised you. He promised you life to the full. So consider, consider who it is that's saying this for you and for me and instead of hanging on to these things or replacing with a cheap substitute an undervalued health plan, consider what he's offering you. So what do you do with that? Stop digesting anxiety. Stop digesting anxiety. I was up this morning at four something and... Uh, I was in a particular part of the house that allows you to evacuate things that might be hurting your body. I mean, I, I'm not going to paint the picture any deeper than that. But I will tell you what was on my mind at four in the morning. What did I eat that nobody else ate? What did I put in my body? We, we had a little movie thing or something. I'm studying in the, in the narthex of my house and there's a lot of noise going on in this other room, and it's just this giant cavern now where, where we live. And uh, 
So I'm like hearing this, that, and the other, and I hear the word pie. I'm like, you had me at p- <laughs> Right? So I came out, and I think that was it, because I got a slice for the first time in 2020, a slice of pumpkin pie. But you know what? When the night was over and everybody left, there were two other slices gone, so I'm really wondering how those people were doing at four in the morning this morning. <laughs> Stop digesting the things that are killing you. I hear that, amen, Abigail. What have you changed by worrying about it? Word. Now I'm going to give you a little permission here. You can be mindful of those things that cause anxiety. And what is the answer? The answer is prayer. Just follow the pattern of Jesus Christ. The Garden of Gethsemane. There was so much stress on Jesus during that time that he actually sweat blood. So we're not going to be fools. And we're not going to just say, hey, if you do this, if you seek the kingdom, because nobody sought the kingdom deeper than Jesus Christ, amen? If you seek the kingdom, then then you're just going to breeze through all of this. Jesus didn't breeze through anything. But he prayed. And at the end of that trial, what did he do? With a certain tenor of calmness, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And when you look from that point forward until the resurrection. Jesus was completely in control. Jesus was completely dialed down. Jesus had a purpose. He had fortitude. He had words of wisdom. Incredible. Because he was seeking his father's kingdom. But that is not a blanket statement that you're not going to have anxiety. It's the idea of consider, consider what it means to treating that anxiety and what you're going to digest. What diet are you going to do? Prayer, getting into scripture, engaging for the cause of Christ. Jesus says you lack what it takes even for the small things. He says that the nations seek. Let's look at it, 25 through 29. Turn back to your scriptures. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? O you of little faith. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried nor be worried. 
So Jesus is throwing out something that speaks to every single one of us today. Amen? Amen. Every single one of us. And yet part of what the enemy does, part of what Satan does, is he gets us so distracted by things that really don't have that big of a bearing in our life if instead we are seeking the kingdom of God. If what our focus, what our attenuation is on, if what our diet is all about, if what we are considering is the world and the chaos around us and how we navigate through that, it's like somebody who's learning driver's training, right? How many of you have ever been brave enough to sit in one of those cars? I, I volleyed for this idea. Let's just put them in the car, no training whatsoever, and let's just let them react to the world around them. Right? That would be fun. But that's how we choose, that's how we consider to navigate the anxiety of life. See, what we do with driver's training that seems to work pretty well when you consider the risk-reward is that they go through a massive amount of training and educating. So when they're put in that situation, they lean back onto their training, not the things around them. The ones who simply respond to the, the chaos or the stimulus around them and they get anxious about it, they don't pass. They may not even pass. They might pass away. But we do this in our own lives. We forget all the training we've had. We forget the words of Jesus Christ. And we just react to all these things around us. So stop digesting anxiety. What you choose rules you. What you choose rules you. A thought that I had about Christ and his demonstration of this during the Passion Week is his little dialogue with Pilate. And Pilate says to Jesus in these waning moments, he says, do you not know that I have the power to what? To kill you. And Jesus' response was pretty simple, but very profound. You have no authority other than that which God has given. That should really dictate a lot of your anxiety from this past week and moving forward. Do you understand? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? If we are seeking the kingdom instead of reacting to the chaos around us, we will have life to the full. So, seek an inspirational life. Understand the words in the heart of Jesus. Understand he's speaking to his disciples so that he, they would be prepared for the challenges around them even when he was gone. So much of the time, we what? We say, this is really hard to grasp. This is hard to live by because if only Jesus was here. Jesus knew the disciples would say that. They were a train wreck after he died. But then what happened? 
What happened is very simple. They realized he honored his promise with the Holy Spirit. And they started leaning on that Holy Spirit and they started seeking his kingdom. And all of that anxiety, even in the face of certain death, every single one of those disciples, save one, faced martyrdom. They were cowards to the full. And yet Christ told them, I will give you what you need if you just simply seek the kingdom. And those who were just an absolute train wreck turned out to be heroes for the kingdom. Because they focused on the kingdom and not the chaos around them. They understood the words of Christ. They lived by those words. It's a message of provision and healing. What has spun out of control for you this year? Yeah, it's been a hard year. <laughs> it's been a hard year. But let me tell you, this little church has seen inspirational things happen at the hands of the Lord this year. Amen? Amen. We didn't take a break. We had to adjust, but we kept our eyes on the Lord and we kept seeking Him. And He has followed through, even in the midst of huge challenges. The last thing I will say to you is, what is the instead? Let me give it to you. A healthy life is a thankful life. This is part one of a two-part series I'm doing on Thanksgiving. I do it every year. If you've been around for a while, you know I take two weeks during November. And so this is speaking to a very particular issue for all of us. Kids, how many of you kids are stressed out because you're not able to go to school and be with your friends? Any of you kids? Yeah, yeah. Trish, I wish I was at school. It even affects our children. So the challenge is, what is the instead? What is it he's saying, consider? Well, we know the answer to that is kingdom thinking. How do we do that? What is the instead? How do we flip over our board and put something else and exchange whatever this heavyweight thing is in our life for what he has promised. My contention to you, a big part of that is thankfulness. Jesus says, or, or James says, in, in, a, in a God uh, principle in his book, you cannot get salt water and fresh water from the same source. You can't. The reason Jesus was able to succeed and the reason Jesus had such a strong and calming and in control demeanor in the midst of chaos is he was about his father's business. It didn't matter all the other superfluous things that were going on, even though the, the disciples were a train wreck. Jesus was calm, calculated, and loving to his last breath. So Philippians 4, turn there as we close today. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to read the Philippians 4, but I want those that took up one of the instead boards, I want you to flip it over, and I want you to write something that you're thankful for, that you've seen God do. I want you to write something that you are thankful for that you have seen God do on the other end. Philippians 4, and we're going to be just doing verses 4 through 8. 
It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. God is with you, right? Do not be anxious. What? The New Testament's filled with this word because he knows what we struggle with. He says, don't be anxious about most things. You know, your 401k, yeah, I understand that. Worry over that, right? What, what's happening with, with COVID, yeah, that's way beyond what you should be able to just pass on. You should really stress out over that. No, he says, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. Here you go. Here's the action. Here's the engage. By prayer and supplication, which means asking, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here you go. I heard the word peace earlier. Here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Consider that. Consider that. Consider that. And instead of holding on to these things that want to weigh us down and strip us of life, exchange it, please, for the promise that Jesus Christ gives you. If you seek his kingdom, you will have what? You will have the peace of God. Now, there's a part in there where you have to engage. You have to rejoice. You have to pray. You have to ask. You have to seek. And you need to apply thankfulness. My closing illustration, which I've hinted at, came last night at 10 o'clock. It's been very important to me that we relay these stories to you. We promoted a couple weeks ago that there's an individual in this church body that the Lord has been working in their heart and life and, and that they felt compelled to give a large amount of money and I felt compelled to say, let's, let's look at what God will do. I want you to see that God is real, Jesus is real, and he's going to use you in a tremendous way. When I shared, I think it was last week, maybe it was the previous week, they came to me later and they said, that really encouraged me, thank you. Well, they're about to get their minds blown. They're about to get their minds blown. And the reason this is happening is twofold. One, because God follows through with what he says he's going to do. Amen? Yeah. Number two, he does those things through you. And if you refuse to step up and act in obedience, there is so much that doesn't get done for the Lord. Amen to that too? We had people grab up those cards. Listen, wanted to let you know we gave out the $100 card. Overheard two ladies talking as they were conversating about their living situations. One older woman is supporting her grandchildren. The other has small children and her husband's work hours have been greatly reduced. They were talking about how they were going to get enough money for food. What did you just hear Jesus talk about? Do not worry about food. Now these individuals that sent this to me had no idea 
what the message was on today. So look at what God is orchestrating for you today. They were talking about how they were going to get enough money for food. We had a great conversation about the love Jesus has for each of us. And this is the best part. And how he hears us. Told them about our church and invited them. P.S. They split it. Imagine crying out. Because your anxiety is so great. I don't even know if these people knew each other. They could have been standing in line just having this conversation. And God's provision stepped up. And our people, number one, the individual that gave the money heard the Lord speak to him. And that led him to do this donation. That led him to do this process. Others listened to the Lord. They stepped up. And then in the process, they were always listening. And the Lord, in his provision, guided them to two people that desperately needed to know God's listening. God is listening. How tremendous is that? Do you think their anxiety was exchanged for blessing? Amen. How do you heal from 2020? Pumpkin pie, that's what I say. <laughs> no. Seek first the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen? And then consider, every day, consider, consider, consider what it is that you need to exchange. Instead of holding on to this, God has this for me. That's it. End of story. Let me pray. Father, you are tremendous. You are good to us. You give us so much value. You give us so much provision. Lord, that we this morning would consider what we foolishly hold on to or let steal life away from us. Let us instead bank on the promise of Christ. Let us take that anxiety and toss it to the side and live the way we are to live victoriously in this present age because you have overcome the world. Thank you, Father, that we can proclaim this, but we can live it. It is real. Thank you that there is an answer to the ugliness. Let us move and continue to engage, Father. To you be all glory. Amen.